ball fielded at the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. <laughs> the right guard. Still going to the four-yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Welcome in to another week's episode on the Front 5 Football Podcast. Your host, Colton Cull, my co-host, welcoming in Audrey Mallows from across the pond. Tell us where you're at, Audrey. How you doing, Colton? So I'm in sunny, well, not so sunny, Northamptonshire. Uh, it's in the heart of the English countryside. Quite well placed. It's near the Midlands, so gives me access to uh, yeah, lots of the country where I am, lots of motorways or freeways, if you will around near where I live. So yeah, happy days. Good to be chatting another week of football. How are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, you're in an awesome location there. And I'm sure weather's better. We got snow on the ground for the first time here in Chicago. So uh, I'd imagine it's it's a little more pleasant your way. Nope. Minus six, seven degrees at the moment. Celsius. Right on. Yeah. Well, uh, we're in the same boat. <laughs> and uh, uh, looking forward to Talking more football this week, heading into week 15. And uh, after a short break, we will uh, jump into the first segment. Oh, it's a fake. Direct snap, Boswell throws, and it is caught by Villanueva for a touchdown. All right, kicking off our first segment here, going to break down some injuries around the NFL in the trenches, and we'll start in the AFC. Audrey, any injuries to note this week? Thank you, Colton. Yeah, there's a handful of injuries to note this week. I'm going to start with Buffalo Bills. He's listed as a tackle, but he plays guard for us, and that's Ryan Bates. He's day-to-day with an ankle injury and has actually just been ruled out for this weekend's game against the Dolphins. Broncos guard Dalton Risner is questionable with a shoulder and back injuries for this weekend. Texans guard Justin McRae did not play in week 14 with a hamstring injury and is questionable going into this weekend. Two Raiders guards, Bars and Illuminor, are both questionable for this week. Jets tackle Max Mitchell didn't play due to blood clots in his calf and lung. Now that actually sounds quite serious, so I'm hoping he's going to be okay and that is one I'm going to continue to monitor and keep everyone updated on. How about the NFC, Colton? Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, serious injury there. Hopefully that goes smooth on the recovery side. Jumping in the NFC, have some notables here. I'm uh, going to try to focus on just teams that are making the playoffs or have a potential to make the playoffs. Starting with the Atlanta Falcons at 5-8, and eight, just a game behind Tampa. A couple injuries on that offensive line. You've got center Matt Hennessy on the IR as of December 12th, and then Jalen Mayfield guard on the IR as of the 9th. So uh, some pretty serious injuries there, knee injury for Hennessy and a uh, back injury for Mayfield. So Atlanta um, going to be a struggle there, offensive line. Jumping down to the Dallas Cowboys, two injuries, two IRs, two of my favorite offensive linemen, Terrence Steele and Tyron Smith, both placed on the IR. Uh, Smith placed on the IR for the knee, been battling that. Uh, that was uh, this week, and then according to Michael Geckin of the Dallas Morning News, um, regarding Tyron Smith, team owner Jerry Jones said Tuesday uh, he expects Smith's knee to return from the IR for week 15. So we'll see if that is a reality, but time will tell on that one. And then just a couple notables for uh, there's a lot of listed doubtful and questionables right now, uh, but some notables, as I said, teams that are have a chance at the postseason. 
You have uh, Lane Johnson, offensive tackle for Philly, questionable. Obviously, that's a big one. He's their best offensive lineman, arguably. And then David Bakhtiari with Green Bay, he's doubtful. Playoff chances, slim, but with you know that team and you know the guys at the helm, you never know. Don't count them out. So that could be a big one to hurt that offensive line. And then Tristan Wirfs of Tampa Bay listed doubtful. So those are the injuries here in the NFC. We will jump over to our next segment after a short break. Fake to Martin, then a dump, and it is juggled and caught by Jumbo Elliott. All right, and on to the best part of our Front 5 football podcast. Going to break down our best, our worst, and noting an honorable mention. And we're going to start this week in the AFC. Co-host Audrey, what do you have in the AFC this week? Well, I think I have a bit of a shock for you. So my worst of the week is the Buffalo Bills giving up three sacks for 17 yards, five penalties, only 15% on third down. Um, what I'd say about them is Dion Dawkins and O-line coach Aaron Cromer really have some work to do to kind of get that O-line up to scratch for the rest of the season and hopefully heading into the playoffs. But thought that would be a bit of a shocker for you that I actually put them as my worst of the week for a change this week. Yeah, a little bit of a shocker there. I'm sure the fans are shocked as well. But hey, when they play badly, you have to put them in the worst of the week. I'll move on now to my honorable mention, and it's the Baltimore Ravens, only giving up two sacks for 10 yards, but no penalties, so very well disciplined. Um, They stepped up with their star QB out of action, and that's an offensive line that's led by rookie center Tyler Linderbaum and features vets like guard Kevin Zeitler and tackle Ronnie Stanley. So great performance from them this week, worthy of a mention. And finally, my best of the week for what is now the second week in a row, just purely because of how well disciplined they're playing and the amount of rushing yards they're enabling their running back to get, it is the Las Vegas Raiders. They played a really clean game, as I mentioned. Zero sacks, zero penalties. Their runners got 165 rushing yards. There was 302 total yards of offense. So I'm wondering, maybe the O-line is actually starting to gel. Either that, or maybe they've just been really lucky with the opponents they've been facing these last couple of weeks. But that is my performances of the week for this week, sir. Thank you, Audrey. All right, and on to the NFC here. It was not an easy week to choose. There was probably arguably three teams that could have easily been my best. So uh, it was kind of process of elimination. But honorable mention, uh, Detroit Lions in their solid win against the Minnesota Vikings. And just another noteworthy game for Detroit. Uh, they deserve the shout out. Uh, strong great game up front for Detroit against the Minnesota. Not the best defensive front, but they've got some some good pass rushers and good defense there. But 134 yards rushing, 330 yards passing, gave up no sacks, just one penalty. Uh, they're solid 7 of 15 on third down, so just near 50%. Uh, but they won the possession in this game just slightly over 32 minutes uh, in that strong win against a division leading Minnesota Vikings. I like pointing out late in the season linemen who have played every snap. I think I've done that on a few shows here of late, but you won't believe it. Four guys on this offensive line have played every single snap this year for Detroit. And that's uh, Penny Sewell, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker. So just a bunch of first round draft picks outside of uh, Jonah Jackson. Uh, but all drafted by Detroit. Just an impressive front five to mention there in the NFC. Jumping over to the worst of the week, 
New York Giants in their loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a good showing for this week's worst offensive line. First thing that popped off the spreadsheet for me um, was seven sacks that they gave up in the game. Seven sacks. Uh, had, had to jump in the film right away. Watch the film from that game, and two of those sacks were given up on the first drive. You know, granted, Philly does have one of the best defensive fronts and gave up, uh, I think they get an average of three sacks per game. So seven is double that. So pretty awful performance uh, by the Giants. But their quarterback was not comfortable at all in that game. 212 yards passing, 123 yards rushing, um, an awful third down performance of being four of 13. So less than 25% on uh, third down. And, uh, you know, late in the game, just a lot of their offensive production was, was came late in the game during that, what would have been a crazy blowout loss. But we'll note bright side for the lot or for the, uh, Giants. Andrew Thomas did play, uh, every snap leading up to Sunday's loss. He did miss a few snaps in that game. Uh, but he's just a solid tackle for New York and a bright spot, uh, for this pretty good offensive line that just had an awful week. So, uh, I think I noticed that the most linemen have played snaps for the Lions. A lot of teams, there's eight, nine linemen who have played a snap so far this year. 13 total linemen have taken snaps for the Giants. So lots of injuries, uh, but I think that team will rebound and still be in contention to make the playoffs. Jumping over to the best of the week, get on some bright sides here. San Francisco 49ers in their dominating win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Awesome performance from an offensive line that features some of my favorite tackles in the NFC, but uh, most notably Trent Williams, number 71. Dude is a force. He's a wall. Uh, another first-round pick, I think fourth overall by the Washington at the time Redskins back in 2010. Uh, played his college ball in Oklahoma. But uh, very strong rushing performance in this game for the 49ers. Offensive line was dominant in that uh, that game. 209 yards rushing. 195 yards passing, gave up no sacks. They were just four of nine on third down, but it, it kind of, I had to dive into it a little deeper, watch some film. Uh, they didn't have to go for it on third down a lot, just nine times, 24 total first downs in this game. A lot of big chunk plays and, and just awesome downs on first and second down throughout the game by that offense. And uh, did just have one penalty on the O-line, but controlled the time of possession with 33 minutes. Uh, just a big performance and a statement game. For San Francisco, as uh, you know, teams are trying to uh, make a run for the playoffs and, and cement their standings. And that offensive line from San Francisco this week was a big part of that, especially the strong running attack. And that is all for the best, worst, and honorable mentions. Uh, we will take a break, and after that, we'll get to the next segment. Roll, roll, roll. rolling again, third and goal. Play fake, and then. Tackle eligible. <laughs> we go right out here like this. Tackle eligible. There is no eligible receiver on the line of scrimmage. And watch this dance. This may be the best one I've ever seen. And then jumping on to our next segment, uh, last segment of the day, and, and we've got a little bit of a conversation that uh, will be winging a little bit, but a good topic. Uh, but going to start with notables for next week. And we'll start in the AFC. Any upcoming notable games, Audrey? Thank you, Colton. Yeah, I've got a few to note, including a cross-conference one, which may or may not be one that, that you've picked. But I have a Saturday night game, the Bills versus the Dolphins. 
I think it's getting pretty obvious that Bills are almost on my watch list every week, but there's obviously good reason for that. Um, and Bills Dolphins should be a great game with two teams looking to get into the playoffs. Could also be a snow game as well. So if there's a lot of running involved, we'll get to see what those O-linemen are all about. We also have the Master versus the Apprentice in the Patriots versus the Raiders. That's going to be another one to look out for. So this one, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be more about the coaching battle than it is going to be about the O-line, which I know is bad given our podcast. But just seeing those two coaches where the now head coach of the Raiders who used to work for the head coach of the Patriots. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. And then the last game that I've got to note is the Lions versus the Jets. That should be a great game, especially with how well the Lions are playing at the moment. And we'll see how those O-linemen hold up against what is a very, very good Jets defensive line. Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some of those games, all of those games as well. And uh, excited about this time of year, week uh, week 15. Really looking forward to the, the Raiders and the Patriots game myself. Uh, but NFC, yeah, some good. Uh, I got three three notables here. Thursday night football upcoming. I think that's going to be a good game. 49ers and Seahawks, two division teams, both, you know, fighting for a, a, a playoff spot. Uh, 49ers have a better, you know, hold on, on a playoff berth, but, uh, pretty, pretty solid division there. Uh, Sunday, a couple teams, and this is a rematch of two weeks ago, the New York Giants versus the Washington Commanders. Really looking forward to this game. Uh, they ended in a tie two weeks ago. They've both been on the bye week. I believe they're both on the bye week and now they play again. So that's kind of neat. And then, uh, the LA Rams Monday night at Green Bay, two teams that probably won't make the playoffs. I'll just say they will not make the playoffs, though there's a chance for a Green Bay. Uh, really looking forward to seeing how these offensive lines perform in this game. Really going to pay attention to the rushing, uh, attack on both ends of that game. And I'm excited to see. Who, who wants it more uh, in, in that matchup. But uh, that is it for the three notables for the NFC. And then Audrey's AFC will jump on to our conversation. And Audrey, I'll let you kick off the kind of dialogue this week. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And I think we should probably maybe keep it to about a minute each if we can, just in terms of time-wise. But it was following something that you'd noticed on the Dan Patrick show, a former offensive lineman, Ross Tucker, mentioned that he thinks that the sack should be more of a quarterback stat than an offensive line stat. And I know we have differing opinions on that. So with that, I guess I'll throw it over to your uh, minute first, Colton, to maybe give us a minute of why you think he's right. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there's a lot there. He used some examples of a couple quarterbacks, number 12, in uh, New England, and then uh, obviously a noteworthy quarterback who played a lot of his career in Indianapolis. But he, he noted how they get rid of the ball so quickly, and he, he was always jealous of that offensive line, uh, those tackles and those guys. Like, man, they get paid so much because he doesn't get sacked, and you know he just they get rid of the ball so quickly, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, man, sacks are more of a, a quarterback stat. Um, and, and there's a lot of truth to that. I think we talked some about the quarterback in, in Cincinnati who made some comments about, Sacks are no big deal, and if it's third down, take the sack. But if you've got that mentality, and as a quarterback or a, a play caller, an offense, and that's your that's your strategy, that makes it so difficult for the offensive line. And I think where Alex talk, Alex Ross Tucker is exactly right, a former offensive lineman in the NFL, is when he says it is so much easier to be a tackle in the NFL or a guard 
or a center blocking for a quarterback who gets rid of the ball quickly. And I think that a lot of it is truth. And I think that that is where a lot of guys like that guy out in uh, Seattle taking a bunch of sacks and now he's in Denver. Hey, common denominator. He blames it on the offensive line, but he hangs onto the ball and let blank cook and all that. Hey, getting rid of the ball like like other quarterbacks and, and you might not get sacked as much. Audrey, I'll throw it over to you. Rambled on there. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. So in one aspect, I will agree that one part of what he said is, yes, obviously it's easier if the quarterback is releasing the ball within, say, a second or so of obviously receiving the snap. But I will say a couple of parts. Firstly, I think there's no concrete right answer here, whether it's one or the other, because there are times when, granted, um, quarterbacks may hold the ball for too long. And I, I accept that, that that's not necessarily an offensive line fault, but I think the buck has to stop somewhere. My main sort of arguments really are that the O-line has two jobs, one to block for the rusher and two to protect the quarterback. If we're now saying that, oh, don't worry about protecting the quarterback, we're not going to worry if, if he gets hit and gets knocked out of the game because you can't do your job, we're going to put that against him anyway. I don't really think that's the attitude we should have when it comes to <laughs> recording the sacks. I think the other point as well, being uh, interceptions they also go against the quarterback and not all of the time is it the quarterback's fault that they get intercepted it could bounce off a receiver's hands it could get tipped at the line there's all sorts of reasons why balls can get intercepted but the buck stops there with the quarterback because ultimately they're the one throwing the ball so for me the same applies to the o-line their job is to protect the quarterback if uh, if a play takes say uh, by design one and a half seconds to complete and the defense is getting to the quarterback in one second. That can't really be on the quarterback. That has to go on the O-line. So I'm going to stop my rambling as well because it's a topic we know that could go on and on and on. <laughs> but that's our brief arguments, but I'm sure we'll come back to this one. Yeah, a lot to dissect there and a great start for a conversation. And these are good conversations because you don't hear about them all the time. So excited to finish that discussion off and um, at another show and maybe off-season just rambling podcast that we throw together hopefully we get guys like ross tucker to jump on the front five football podcast here during some off seasons and uh, chat with us about some of these things but awesome show this week audrey man i just love it another week of football down looking forward to this upcoming thursday night and weekend of football and with that we'll sign off until next week and go buffalo bills barber interception Garrett Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman. Freeman 